favorites. I think today he went to odds on favorites to win the MVP. It's only three games in. But is that a realistic possibility um, with some of the other quarterbacks in the league? They've been playing well. you got Stafford. Mahomes will turn it around and then Mm -hmm. Tom Brady. But, I mean, this could be Dak's year. You know, that's – that's tough and MVP after three games, man. That's you talk yeah. about premature. You talk about premature, and like my wife says, anything premature can't be good. That is an all-time quote. Chris Hansen here, and I'm gonna need you all to take a seat right over there and check out Birds versus Boys. I think you're completely right here, and I hate it. Yeah. Stop doing dumb things. I got two. Upside alert. Upside alert. I might go insane. I think you're already there. There's no hope. Hope is gone. If this was an AFC North podcast, we'd be done in 15 minutes. Bob Hope. I'm going to drink bleach. Keep the team you promised me you were going to be this year. This is the Consciously Hopeful podcast. I'll be watching. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 78 of Birds vs. Boys, The Aftermath. We are clear of Monday Night Football, the 41-21 beat down the Dallas Cowboys put on Aiden, Jalen Hurts, Jalen Rager, Devonta Smith, and all of the Philadelphia Eagles, while Aiden and I were locked in the boxing ring at the showboat. And Aiden is fully gone into baseball mode. But we pulled him back in, took him out of the dugout, and is forcing him back on the field right now to talk football. Aiden, haven't seen you since Monday. Had a wonderful time getting you out of your house to watch a football game with me. I had so much fun. Did you have fun? Don't don't patronize me. I am unwell. I am on a downward spiral into a dark abyss, and I don't know how to get out of it because there is nothing to look forward to in the Philadelphia sports landscape that will lead me to happiness again. But wow, what a week. I mean, the pod's on a roll, though, so at least you have that. We, I, I, I do admit that. So everything that's happened for Birds vs. Boys, but this is the problem. This is the problem. For me, like there's been a lot of great things going on for us uh, behind the scenes for the podcast, including some interviews coming up, some interviews that we've been on, uh, just overall direction of the podcast. What my my attraction and why people like my aspect of it is they enjoy seeing me sad and in pain. All the interactions that I get, it's not because of football analysis. It's because I look like a miserable human being on every single piece of content that we do and people find it funny. I'm just hey. like, that's my shtick. It's just being miserable. You had your cucumbers and your cigar last year. <laughs> you had a couple. You, you had a healthy offensive flipped, line for a week. With the picture of me and the cigar was flipped to make fun of me less than 12 hours ago. <laughs> nothing oh. nothing that I am ever am saying ever worked out my favor. I am going back to the quote from Dodgeball. When Vince Vaughn was like, I found that if you have a goal, you might not reach it. So, but if you don't have a goal, then you're never let down. And that feels pretty great. That is the aspect and avenue that I'm taking going forward. I have no expectations for life. I'm just cruising right now. I mean, 
I, I drove, we drove, I drove to Atlantic city. I got gas on my way and my gas bill was $38 and 21 cents. So that was my prediction. 38, 21 Dallas Cowboys. It ended up 41 or I'm sorry, 38, 21. It ended up being up 41, 21. Can't complain. The gas, the gas was very close. Um, the game was not. Yeah, I drove too. So after the live stream, we'll talk about the live stream in a second. I drove too. I drove home at one in the morning after our live stream from Atlantic City to Philadelphia to be up at work at 6.30 after watching our team get their ass kicked on national television, only to hit traffic five miles from home. I am the storm cloud from Mario Kart, where if you touch it, you just shrink and become just like a little tiny rain cloud. That is me. I am just a rain cloud. I am a tiny little rain cloud. Hey, you had an opportunity to snuggle with Vince all night and just get up early to leave in the morning. <laughs> there was a 90, 92% chance that Vince was never leaving that hotel room. <laughs> Definitely thought he he might have been deceased yesterday yes. at around 11.45 when we still hadn't heard from him. Yes. So let's let's talk live stream real quick. Obviously, we have a lot of football. Actually, let's do technical notes because it's, it is longer than the Bible at this point. So we have an interview coming up. All-time interview. like, And we may say all-time interview a lot. I genuinely mean maybe one of the – not one of the best. It might be the best interview that we have done. The positive energy coming from this guest, even in a week where I have been miserable and watched my team just get flattened on national TV, was incredible in this interview. Heckma Harrison of Talking Cowboys on DallasCowboys.com. He's a host with our friend, Kyle Yeomans. Mm -hmm. They even do – commentary together for college basketball college football and even lacrosse mm-hmm. which we get into in the show all-time interview and i do not make mean that to be taken lightly no all-time All interview time. from the start minute one before it even goes live behind the scenes the energy was through the roof um also fall at birds vs. voice pod on twitter there's been a lot of stuff going on there as well and then um, download Vigit app. Thank you to Vigit who sponsored the live stream. And we'll be getting to our odds crowds picks here later. So let's talk live and, stream for just a minute. And you got one more? Well, I was just going to say, speaking of Vigit as well, you can catch me and Aiden's analysis of the Thursday night football right on the Vigit app. Uh, usually it's me and CEO Joe. We do a, a two-minute to three-minute video for each NFL game that is put into their app. Uh, right before you want to bet on the game, you can get our analysis. Aiden and I did the Thursday night Jaguars Bengals game. It is in the app currently right now. So when you download Vigit and you go to bet the Thursday night game, check out our video for some analysis before you place your bet. Yes. Which I actually find is a very helpful idea mm-hmm. to put like breakdowns next to the betting. So in case you need like a quick, who should I pick kind of thing? It's kind of like the, uh, phone a friend yep. on who wants to be a millionaire. You don't Except know who to pick. Free. Watch our video. Yep, except it's free. Mm-hmm. Same concept as who wants to be a millionaire. You put $0 in and you can walk away with money. So might as well download it. Absolutely. All right. Live stream. Atlantic City. Fantastic setting. I knew the vibes were going to be off. And things were going to go awry for the Eagles when that woman asked you in the parking lot if you peed next to her car. That was the first sign that I knew that everything was off. And she, and she was an Eagles fan. And she was an Eagles fan. Not at Showbo Casino. The setting, we were in the boxing ring, TVs all around us. It was a phenomenal setup. But that I is where I knew things were going to go crazy. She gave you, I think, the world's most 
awkward high five too. She's like, "Hey, yeah, come here, go Eagles." Oh, and you were like, not... you were like two cars away, and she was like walking to you with her hand up to connect. I, did, high five. I didn't, I didn't want to connect because I didn't know no. after the connection of our hands what else was going to happen. I wanted to be anywhere in the world but that parking lot at that moment, and that's when I knew things were going to go awry. And then when we were setting up for the live stream, and and Vince was talking to the IT guy. She was like, I saw I saw her coming, and I'm sorry I threw you under the bus here. You and I were standing against the ropes, looking around. You were taking in the TVs and everything. And at the corner of my eye, I saw this woman coming, same woman from the parking lot. And I immediately just, like, turned around and, like, pretended like I got into the conversation with the IT guy, which I had no intent on doing. So then she went right to you and was like, where should my girlfriend and I sit? Should we, like, sit here to watch you? <laughs> Yeah, I was like, well, I appreciate the support, but I sit anywhere you want. <laughs> but just as long as you're not in the ring, it's just, oh, man. Yeah, I uh, it's just the greeting that she got where she was like, did you pee next to my car? Who's and not even in a way like accusing you like she that was, like, was her icebreaker. Yeah, yeah, that was the icebreaker. She's yeah. like, hey, did you pee next to my car? Honestly. Like. I always go with the simple, hey, how are you? Y-A instead of Y-O-U, like I'm some Midwesterner, even though I've never been west of Pittsburgh. But some people, I guess, in Atlantic City just go with, hey, you pee next to my car. And she wasn't even the strangest person to be there that night. We we saw a guy Not falling even. asleep at a high top, in and out all night. He then leaves, goes somewhere to get food, comes back with the food, two containers and then all of a sudden the maintenance guy is eating his french fries and then took the box <laughs> they have a great restaurant there and he left and just did not use the restaurant five feet from him and also uh, we're behind enemy lines and we're an hour from atlantic city uh, kevin has befriended the security guards who are all cowboys fans me and joe were miserable 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 the game was awful and we're cheer we're outnumbered and that first drive, Cowboys went right down the field. It was loud. And it got loud. I, I told you, I was already worried, and then I was more worried. But luckily, we're a baseball town, so I wasn't that worried. Yeah, that but... Philly shirt came on fast. <laughs> immediately. It came on immediately. Um, so the live stream was a lot of fun. I think that's a great setting. There's going to be, yeah. There it is. I, uh, Vince, we previewed it before. I was like, as soon as you went to check into your room, I was like, Vince, here's what we're going to do. I have a, a Philly shirt instead of having odds for the uh for for the game i want you to put odds for the phillies to win the division so every time the cowboys scored which was a lot the phillies odds to make the playoffs popped up on the screen oh look look at that so we both contacted vince with different things because i told him that i was going to put on the american flag shorts and the jersey too but not to let anybody else know look at that we had we had some secret props going on oh. it was very uh it oh. was very entertaining so the live streams will probably continue going forward. We have some alterations. I don't know if that's the right word or improvements or whatever, but uh, just the connections that we've made down there now yep. where the setups might be a little bit different. Boxing ring was awesome, but still should be a really great time. Um, so yeah, the live stream itself was good. The so game was a disaster. Was phenomenal. Like, so much fun. I don't I think I haven't had that much fun in a long time. 
I and I was just about to say the opposite. I cannot remember seeing a team that ill prepared in quite a long time. Uh, the the point that, and I'm sure you have some Cowboys points that you make want to make quick. I can make our points really easy. Everyone's been touching on the run game thing. I'm pretty worried about how do they just panicked and gave up the run and just mm-hmm. looked helter skelter in every facet of the game. You could tell the defense was absolutely gassed early in the second quarter because the offense couldn't go any get anything going and they just look frazzled now am i sounding alarms are there red flags no they look like a young team on the road it was the cowboys moment dax returned they got post malone they didn't even bother to put an eagles person in the promo they were just like here's cowboys super fan post malone enjoy we're gonna talk about the cowboys and that's yeah, you it had, yeah giovanni shout out giovanni that was awesome he had the whole he had the whole pregame show the Eagles embarrassed Giovanni. He yeah. got his moment on national TV and they embarrassed him. Mm-hmm. I cannot believe that they did that to that kid. Mm-hmm. But no, so that was awful. It was one of the worst offensive games I've ever seen them play. My overarching thing, I'm way more concerned about injuries on the offensive line than the outcome of that game. I think they just ran into a buzzsaw. Um, I think that they're going to be one and three. Everyone gets their ass kicked by the Chiefs. Uh, we'll talk about that game going forward. My bigger thing is, all right, so Isaac Sayamalo gets hurt in the second half. You're already down Mulata, and Brandon Brooks is on IR. The one real competitive advantage, maybe two, was in the trenches up front. And you're right back to just being like, all right, who is able to play? Not who's good. Who is able to start on the line? Jack Driscoll's already on IR. He would probably fill in as well. Landon Dickerson got beat up during that game. He has a hip issue. So, that to me is way more concerning than the outcome of that game. They look like a young team. They played like a young team. They executed like a young team with a young coach where they're all trying to figure it out. And it was a disaster. They should be able to grow by the time we play the Cowboys again. If it looks like that, I will be gravely concerned, but not so much right now. Well, hopefully by the next time you play the Cowboys in uh, week 18, Cowboys already have the division wrapped up and won't be playing starters. So, oh god, yeah, I guess yeah. That <laughs> we talked about it last week. That's that's the game in week three that matters. The week eighteen game is usually rest your starters time. So you never know. It we'll could see. be the it could be Ben DiNucci again off the practice squad starting for the there Cowboys. That game. <laughs> he may there get one go. game a year, and it's always in Philadelphia. And it's always reason. in Philadelphia. He'll probably hate that place oh by the God. time he's done with his career. Oh. But anyways, yeah. So uh, offensive line really concerning to me. I think sometimes they got to use that as a teaching moment. Everybody, like, help your young quarterback out. Run mm-hmm. the ball. Um, if you're a coach, don't panic when you go down. If you're a team, don't panic when you go down, um, on defense, learn from your mistakes. So I think that's just like a teaching moment. And sometimes you got to get punched in the face to learn how to react. So if I'm you also, I, I would be concerned about the tight end situation for the Cowboys being able to, I mean, every play, it looked like Schultz and Jarwin were just wide open in the middle of the field. Do you guys just not want to cover tight ends? Uh, well, we played Travis Kelsey this week. So if we don't want to, I'd like to know now. So I don't have to waste three hours on Sunday. Um, so two things. One, I think this is a a compliment for the Cowboys. Dalton Schultz is like the fourth best option. And I think they spend a lot of time Mm -hmm. worried about CD lamb, worried about Amari Cooper. Gallup has hurt us in the past when he's available. And I think you spend so much time and energy and resources on in practice and film study gearing up for those guys. But now 
uh, on your third and fours and third and fives, Dalton Schultz becomes an X factor and he was fantastic. Um, so that is the one thing. So maybe if it's a team with less talented receivers, they'll be able to cover the tight ends. Um, but at the same time, the linebackers are not good. Yeah. They can't cover tight ends. They constantly overplay their assignments. They're really honestly not even that good at tacklers. Uh, they lack sideline to sideline speed. So it's not like they can cover anyone or just, you know, cover the run really well. We saw huge gaps. I, I just think they're awful. They looked awful. They did. They, they, it's bad. And that's, that's not a ill-prepared thing. That's not an execution thing. That's flat out. They're just not good. Just bad. All right. Um, I'm not going to go into a huge arching overarching analysis of the game because one, we did it on the live stream and you can still watch the live stream. If you'd like, go back in two, yeah. our interview with Heckma Harrison, we dive well into this game and players and everything, but I do have a few points I want to touch on. But before that last week, uh super fan Dallas Cowboys, Mike tag made the video. I love this guy. <laughs> I don't know why. Cause he's, he's like everything that I should hate. And I just don't know. He just gets me so fired up in a good way. So he's, he's the guy that does the crazy Cowboys uh, amp hype videos before every game. He made a special one for birds versus boys. Uh, if you didn't see it, head to our Twitter. It's on there. We played it on the show last week. He goes after Aiden and he's personally been coming after Aiden now. Um, he left me a voicemail for you, Aiden, as he was leaving the game at AT&T Stadium. So let's, I mean, um, Vince, I think you could pull that up, right? Can't wait to hear. Uh, I'm sure hey, he's Kevin, very I want you to give this message to Aiden because obviously he's lost my number, doesn't want to call. How do you like that beating? I told you it happened. He didn't want to listen. So the beatdown commenced. I said you guys were nothing more than a homecoming opponent, and it just proved out. Hurt is overrated. We got the pick six from Diggs. Diggs tore it up. Zach did his thing. So, I want him to admit that we're the greatest and his team is trash. Admit it. Can you dig it? He should be everything I hate and I just can't. I I just love the energy so much. That's fantastic. Oh, Just add salt in the wound, honestly. The energy on this show coming from Cowboys Nation today. That uh, and then been, Heckma. Yeah, it's uh, I'm the butt of everybody's joke, but I'm just taking it like a champ because these are good people. That's what you should be for Halloween, just a butt. Okay. And just, <laughs> <sure>. <laughs> it just says joke next to it. Joke. I think you can make something out of that. But of the joke. All right. Before we get into the interview with Heckma, um, obviously a few things that I was so pleased on in this game. First was the running game. Again, um, you don't know what this offense is going to do week to week. They can they can attack teams so differently. We talk about it with Heckman too. They came out and threw almost 60 times, right, in week one against Tampa. And then it was closer to 50-50 in the Chargers game. And then in this game, everybody thought they were going to, you know, light the world on fire, throwing it again for 45, 50 times. And Dak throws for 26 because Zeke and Powell were just eating the Eagles defense alive up the middle. I mean, Zeke looks like 2016 Zeke every single time he plays the Eagles. Can you explain it? No, I really can't. For a team whose strength is the defensive line, I cannot figure out how 
He has mastered that cutback only against us. I, 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 I said it during the stream. He made a cutback that I don't think I've ever seen him make that I didn't think he could do anymore. And he just stopped on a dime and was, I was like, whoa. And then you throw in Pollard with his speed and his agility and his juice. And that one-two punch may be the best in the NFL right now. And if Kellen Moore in the offense continues, one, who's a better one-two punch at running back right now? Uh, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Ah, all right. They're all right. One, one A, one B. <laughs> okay. I don't, I don't like to, uh, I don't, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't think Kareem Hunt's a real person. Okay. He, That's he true. All right. Yeah. You don't want to give him flowers. That's yeah. fair. All right. That's so fair. We'll, we'll give it to you guys. He doesn't count. Um, but I feel like if they're able to use both of these running backs and they're not going to wear down either of them throughout the season. That's only going to help them as the season progresses. Um, they have their buy. I think week seven, I couldn't believe the Eagles don't have a buy until week 14. We're the last buy that there is. That's insane. I liked it at the time. I like being at the back half of the buys. If we don't have any offensive linemen to play, I would like our buy to be closer now. <laughs> Can we switch please? Yes. Can you imagine if you could switch with a team. That yeah, that'd be chaotic. That sounds like an XFL role. Oh yeah. Um, so I love the one-two punch. Dak, it's pretty funny. So earlier in Dak's career, he was a metrics machine. The metrics loved him. He had a high QBR um because he he'd throw the ball deep. He ran, but he didn't always pass the eye test, right? People were always making mm-hmm. fun of him, like, oh, Dak doesn't look like a good quarterback. Now He's passing the eye test with flying colors, A-plus all around. Everybody thinks he's playing the best football of his career, but the metrics are the opposite. They're saying he's not playing the best because his completions on average are only 6.9 yards in the air. He's not running as much, which hurts his QBR, which I'm fine with right now. If they can keep doing what they're doing, I don't want him to have to run right now. And He doesn't look Mm -hmm. like – I don't know if he either doesn't look – like he wants to run or Jerry Jones is like, anytime you start running and someone's around you, you slide because we're not dealing with this, this again. And I'm fine with that, but it's just so funny how in the beginning of his career, he was a metrics monster and didn't pass the eye test, but now he's flying colors passing the eye test, but the metrics it's, it's just so funny how those things work. Mm-hmm. But I, I do. He said, he thinks he's playing the best football of his career. And, and I, wholeheartedly agree with it it looks like it i test wise it looks like it he looks like he's in full command and it looks like this is just his not even his offense his team he is the no doubt leader of this team and i i i'm officially going to say it right now i have zero doubts zero res reservations i'm all in on dak prescott he is my quarterback he's my quarterback uh, and I think he has the out has the ability to take this team. I'm not saying this year, but I think Dak Prescott has the ability and a very good chance to add another year onto this banner. Can't wait to talk myself in the Spencer Rattler in eight months. Um, okay. Defensive side of the ball. Uh, I love, like I said, I say it with heck, I love what Dan Quinn's doing with this defense. They were down guys like Keon O'Neill, Dorrance Armstrong in this game. Um, and they were just able again to move Micah to defensive line. He wants to eat, man. 
and he's eaten. He is just sideline to sideline speed. He had he is so much stronger than you would expect him to be for his size going against. I mean, there was a point where he made Lane Johnson look like a mediocre tackle, and it was just it, it blew my mind. Um, and then guys like the rookie Oso Digizua, who was just had two sacks, Trayvon Diggs, that pick six, and just the the confidence that he plays with, the swagger that he plays with. We're not used to seeing that in the cornerback position for the Dallas Cowboys. Like we had Byron Jones for years. He's not a swagger type player <laughs> and they have never had a cornerback since, I don't know, Deion Sanders that did have swagger. So I love what, what he's bringing. And then, Hey, my guy, I've never doubted him in my life. I've always been all in on the chip on the shoulder. Anthony Brown coming up with the big pick outside the end zone. Dude's balling out. So proud of him. Right. Oh, yeah, no. Stop. Just stop. Just stop. When I saw him have the first pick, I just turned to you and I was like, really? You were like anybody but him. Well, I thought the same thing. I was like, we were driving and it looked good and they were moving the ball well. And it looks like Hertz just didn't put enough on it, which is has been the concern. Um, and just, I was like, you've got to be kidding me. Could not think of a worse way that I could go than that guy getting the pick. So I, I I loved also that the Cowboys they they put the foot on the throat they didn't let off they just they kept doing what they had to do and did not let at any point this game except for when it was seven seven when Dak you know fumbled or interception whatever that was I think it was it was labeled an interception or I'm sorry a fumble recovery even mm-hmm. though the ball never hit the ground so I don't understand that but beyond that the game was never in doubt the one thing that that makes me worried in this game again is Mike McCarthy and again is time management and again is not understanding the game of football and the the moment that you're in and happening against the Chargers right at the end of the game where Tony Romo and every single person watching the game is like what are they doing why don't they call it a timeout why didn't they call it they could they could run literally two more plays and they were just like nope we're good from 56 go ahead because you're about to say the same thing that I'm gonna say and then again at the end of the half Yes, like it was third and 23. And you're not calling a timeout there? The Cowboys had two timeouts. With two timeouts, and you would have gotten solid field position out of it. And Dak and, was on fire at that point. And the Eagles' defense was gassed. They yes. had been on the field for the majority of that half. Why not take the shot? I, I don't get that. Uh, I mean, he just doesn't get it. He just like doesn't understand those those tiny little details. I could see why that would be concerning for a game where a team where you're not up by three touchdowns and say you're playing Chiefs, although Andy Reid may have met his match in terms of time management. Um, but yeah, I, I can understand why that would be concerning. Like I just they showed it on the screen of the the ref next to him. Like, do you want you want an out? Like, sir, you need to call the time. If you, you need to call the timeout. And it's like, he's like, well, I don't know. Should I call it now? When should I call it? Maybe now? The ref's like, sir, that's up to you. <laughs> and and then it's fourth and five. I I under I kind of understand not calling it there because you don't know what Nick Sirianni is going to do. You don't want to call the timeout and give them time to get a field goal or a touchdown. But when it was third and 23 and you don't call a timeout there, it's un- inexcusable. It, it really is. It's just, you don't, you're not in charge of the offense. Kellen Moore is. You're not in charge of the defense. Dan Quinn is. What 
what are you doing besides time yeah, management? What do you do? But I literally, you stand there and look like Jabba the Hutt. That's it. It's all we got. So again, I will. I think I'm going to say this on every single, every single show here on out. If Kellen Moore is offered a job now, tomorrow, this offseason to be a head coach of a football team, Jerry Jones, you fire Mike McCarthy on the spot and you hire Kellen Moore. You don't let him get out of the building like you did Sean Payton just because you wanted to keep Bill Parcells there. Can't let these young guys go. We need Kellen Moore on this team going forward. Okay. I agree. And when the Bears fire Matt Nagy, don't let it happen. Mm-hmm. That's all I got, though, because we go we go further into this with Heckma. I was about to say, we we're trending towards negative energy, and what we're about to do with Heckma Harrison is radiating positive energy as soon as he comes into the studio. Pump so, up the volume, baby. I was about to say, get ready for this. This is good. You are going to find yourself smiling while listening to your headphones. That is how this interview is going to go. It's just one of those. So Heckman Harrison of Talking Cowboys on DallasCowboys.com. If you missed it, Kevin called into the show today, yesterday, as you were listening. And that was gold as well. So we brought him on tonight. An all-time interview. Here it is. Heckman Harrison presented by Stateside Vodka. Uh, he keeps he keeps making excuses. Now he's like Philadelphia's a baseball town. It's a baseball town. We don't even care about football. Oh, we're switching sports now. Yeah, when we were when we went down, and I quickly realized it wasn't going to be our night. I, I pivoted and I was like, "Well, we got to focus on the Phillies. We're in the division race." No. And then they immediately lost too. So yeah. I'm just kind of running out of excuses. So, but but here's the thing. Here's the thing. You have to keep that same energy, right? You yeah. got to keep that same energy. So I'm sure. <laughs> Coming into Monday, you had a lot of expectation. You were you were uh, pretty much projecting all of your spewing, no, spewing your cowboy hate. hate. And I didn't even have to be there because I noticed what you Philadelphia fans do. <laughs> and so take me back. I'm in a hot tub time machine. Take me back to Sunday morning. What was your what was your vibe like Sunday morning? All right, let me let me take you back two weeks prior. Yeah. Oh, we, there we go. Yeah. When, all right, so like two hours before we played the Falcons, I'm like, you know what? We are not Super Bowl contenders this year. It's fine. We're rebuilding. We have draft picks and and okay. some uh, cap space next year. And then we completely obliterated the Falcons. And I was like, all right, I'm back in. Fast forward two weeks, you start to talk yourself into, all right, you know. Like they seem to be prepared. They're saying the right things in press conferences where they seem to be focused. And then they went out on the field and looked like the most ill-equipped, unprepared team I have ever seen in my entire life. That was like top five worst performances I've seen in terms of just preparation and execution. Three months. I had to take you back. I had to take you back two weeks to get to where I was at expectations wise on Monday. And this was uh, this was a tweet uh, we put out here today of Aiden. Aiden week one in Atlanta versus Aiden week three in uh, Dallas. That's a before and after right there, isn't it? There it is. How yeah. quickly oh, things pretty. change. Oh man, Aiden. So my thing is, let me just say this: I agree with everything that you said about the top five worst performances of any team mm-hmm. let me just help you and throwing dirt on your team i think that's <laughs> awesome and uh, 
No, man. I, you know what I think it is? I, I, I think that obviously uh, early NFC East matchup, uh, the Cowboys defense is much in, improved. And you guys just ran into a buzzsaw, basically. I mean, mm-hmm. because of the crowd and everything. Look, when we showed up in Philly with Ben DiNucci, you guys did not spare us. Nobody said, oh, my God, it's Ben DiNucci. I, no, you didn't care. Y'all unleashed the house. <laughs> mm-hmm. By the third quarter, y'all were, hey, do the thing that y'all do. Uh, hey. So no love, no mercy. But Mm-mm. y'all ran into a buzzsaw. And I think, and I think, from just my evaluation of uh, the the Eagles, I expected the defense to be uh, a lot better. That was, you know, mm-hmm. because I came into it. Yep. Obviously, Fletcher Cox, Hargrave, Meg, you know what those guys bring. But then seeing where you guys were hurting with missing your end, Graham down, mm-hmm. that is really going to affect you guys big time because that can – completely changed the dynamic of how you guys approach what you do on on defense. So I think that was the biggest surprise for me. But the other thing was just not seeing Sirianni's offense work. You know, it it, it didn't work. It seemed like like they were blaming, like Jalen Hurts has taken all the blame for that loss and just saying that, oh, he's not ready, he's not this, he's not that. But I'm sorry. Those illegal men downfield calls that you guys kept mm-hmm. getting like in the second half, four of them, like that's that's disgraceful on a on a coaching level. It, it, so you know, like I said, man, boo Eagles and whatever you got to say. Man. <laughs> I, yeah, I just I don't think I've ever remembered watching a football game in my 34 years on this earth where a team has run the ball three times. Yeah. Three times with a running back like Miles Sanders, too, against a defense who last year could not stop me at running not back. At not at all. So I like I don't I was listening to Brian Broadus too earlier this week, and I that's what he thought, and that's what I thought. The Eagles were gonna try and control the clock by running the ball. Yeah, and they didn't even I, I understand they fell behind, but they didn't fall behind that early. It was seven seven for a while there in the first quarter. Mm-hmm. And that first quarter, by the way, felt like it was two years long. Yeah, for real. Yeah, we were- no, no, seriously, it did. And but you're right, though, man. Those guys, and I don't know. We did the same thing though versus Tampa. We mm-hmm. just said we we're not running it anymore, and that was it. Now I think the first play from scrimmage, you guys gashed us for like 26, 27 yards. And to mm-hmm. me, I was like, oh damn, this is about to be a long night. You know, after that, but then. They just stopped, and I was like, well, okay, well, maybe they'll come back to it later, but then once you guys fell behind, I knew there was no no sense in trying to run the ball, but, you know, look, I think for, for it, it's been three games, any, I guess, any saying, if you start to say that, okay, the Eagles are going to be last and, and they're going to lose a lot more games, then that's going to be premature. I mean, it's just a sample size of what we've seen for the team. I think they'll be better, especially when we see them again. Mm-hmm. All right, let's. So we got into this right away because it's this is like three guys just sitting in a bar having some beers, cracking. You damn right, I love it. You damn right. This, <laughs> this is what it's all about. But we are here with Heckma Harrison from Talking Cowboys on DallasCowboys.com. He's boys with our boy Kyle Yeomans. Kyle's been on here a couple times. So oh, today, yeah. when I was listening, and then Kyle tweeted out the phone number, I was like, listen. I think I got to give a call today just to gloat a little bit on Philadelphia here. So thank you for thank you for the f- accepting my phone call and then coming on Birds vs. Boys tonight. We appreciate it. 
Dude, there's no way. And, and like I said, from straight from the beginning, I am the easiest guy to get into a football conversation with, right? I just dropped my daughter off at cheerleading practice just a minute ago, <laughs> ran back to the house. My wife is like, what's going on? I said, I got to talk to some guys in, you know, in Philadelphia, man. They want to talk about football, so. She's like, well, uh, don't you have don't you have something else you need to be doing? I said, no, they want to talk nope. about football. <laughs> nope. Nope. <laughs> That's exactly so, my wife. Same thing. I was like, she's like, oh, you're going down to the dungeon for the studio. I go, yep. See you later. So I was like, that's, exactly, hey, that's why I was like, I I'll see you soon. She's dungeon. like, no, you won't. Right on, man. Right on. <laughs> All right. Before we fully get into this, I know Aiden has a couple questions too. I just want to play one more thing here. Vince has a has a tweet pulled up that we put out today, or I should say, okay. I put out today. I put together, and this is Aiden on draft night. We watched the draft together. Oh. What he was. <laughs> trying to make happen in his mind to compare to what happened Monday night. I thought I was done getting roasted, but I feel like we haven't even really initiated it yet. A few moments later. Hurts the first pick off. It's Trayvon Diggs down the sideline. Nobody's gonna catch him. House call. Trayvon Diggs. What happened, Aiden? I I I don't think there could be a, a worst case scenario where uh, it's Devonte Smith on the route. He falls down. It's Trayvon Diggs who picks it off, and Michael Parsons played phenomenally well. Uh, who we traded. It with you guys to get Michael Parsons. So what that, that really could not have worked out worse. That was so weird. On draft night, I was doing a – I also call uh, – I do play-by-play for lacrosse uh, as well. So I'm, I was I was in a booth calling that lacrosse game, and the it comes across my phone. The Dallas Cowboys has traded picks with the Philadelphia Eagles, and I was like, someone has jacked my phone. Like, this is a joke <laughs> on me. Someone is playing a trick on me. And, but it was real, and, and I thought that was the weirdest thing that ever happened on draft night: the Cowboys and the, and the Eagles trading and trading draft picks. Oh, we we just became even more of best friends. Hackman, I played lacrosse in college. I played my whole life. I have two lacrosse sticks tattooed on my leg. Shut <laughs> up, dude. That's crazy. Like, How about so that? Uh, Kyle Yeomans actually got me into uh, calling lacrosse games. I call. I also call high school football, college football with Kyle. Mm-hmm. Uh, as well. Um, but yeah, man, I, I started calling lacrosse games. I called lacrosse games for the SEC, for uh, LSU, uh, awesome. for TCU. I, I, that's what I do, man. So like, like I said, I'm an easy guy to get into a sports conversation <laughs> about with. So let, let's do this. It's, let's do it. Very versatile. All right, yeah, Aiden, I'll let you, I'll, I'll stop busting on you, Aiden. I'll, I'll let you talk a little bit. This is, right. my, I mean, well, this is our week, but you know, it's fine. I know. Yeah, it's fine. Honestly, I agreed with everything you guys said and we'll go back and just agree with every point you guys made where I think it was the Cowboys moment. I think that the Eagles look ill-prepared. I hope that they're more prepared down the line because they are young right now. But given that small sample size, heck, I know you brought it up where you said small sample size so far, but given what you've seen and even in a loss, the Cowboys looked impressive. And the rest of the NFC East has not looked impressive at all. Do you think that the Cowboys run away with this division early? Um, you know, when it comes down to the NFC East, I've just reserved. Uh, I'll, I'll wait until further notice because mm-hmm. our these rivalry games that we have, it doesn't matter. If we play the Giants. We play the Giants in two weeks. That's going to be a big mm-hmm. game. 
The Giants, I don't care what their record is going to be. They're going to show up to AT&T Stadium ready for war. Uh, when we play the Washington football team, no matter. So it's like it's hard to as much confidence as I gain in the game versus Philly. I just I'm not counting those eggs yet. I'm just not going to. <laughs> and but the one thing that I'm really impressed with uh, from the team in general this year is just uh, the team speed. They are a lot faster than they were mm-hmm. last year. I think defensively, Michael Parsons is a goon. And mm-hmm. he is the kind of player that if you should feel the same way that you felt when the, the Washington football team got Chase Young. This is how you should feel about Dallas getting Michael Parsons. Because it's going to be a long, long, long fandom for you with number 11 <laughs> over there. So, you know, I just felt good about everything that we did. And and but I don't I just I'm just one of those people, man. I, I'm not ready to say, oh, we go run away with it because I think those robbery games are are special. Micah is pure as mother's milk, as Jerry says. Wasn't that a trip? I was I was <laughs> I was listening with live too. I was like, what? Yeah, I, I was too. I was too. <laughs> but the thing about Jerry, Jerry will say stuff that I'm serious, man. I, I don't even think most rappers have thought of lines <laughs> like this, you know? Like Jerry will come up with something mm-hmm. pure as mother's milk. Yeah. And I'm sure somebody else came up with that. But in terms of talking about another grown man, that hey. was like, yo. <laughs> I, I can't wait till Drake works that in in his next album. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Somebody has to. Mm-hmm. He'll find a way. He got uh, Antetokounmpo in that one lyric, so he'll yep. be able to pull it off. Yes. <laughs> pure as mother's milk. Ugh. There you go. Now, with Micah, I know you said it's going to be a long fandom for me. It's going to be even longer than you think. So he's from my hometown. I've oh, been gosh, following him since he was – he's a sophomore in high school. So Aiden I've is been completely like in love with him. Since he was 16. And now he's on my rival team. So, so it's going to be even worse than you think. <laughs> so Aiden, when, on draft night, that broke your heart when he went to the Cowboys. It did. It, and you know, he was right next to me. Yeah, I was about to say, we were right next to each other. I was oh, so gosh. excited to get Devontae Smith and just to have that dynamic playmaker that we've lacked. But, you know, it's that like that hometown hero. Yeah. You don't feel bad because you want to see people from your hometown succeed, but I could have done with him succeeding in 31 other cities. <laughs> I know, man. And, and so, well, I'm glad, I, then I'm glad I'm talking to you. So as a point of reference, as somebody that's been following him, his high school career, since 10th grade well i mean when you saw him in 10th grade was he always this or did he kind of grow into the monster that he is today uh great question and it's actually going to lead to my next question for you so he's always been like this okay now he played defensive end in high school and was just a beast like he was all over the field he returned kicks he was the running back so there's clips of him He'll have four sacks in a game and then go back, return the kick, take the handoff, take it 60 yards down the field, break three tackles. So just that. And he played on the basketball team, too. So there's clips of him dunking. Yeah. So just an absolute everything what Cowboys fans and reporters have been saying where it's there's everyone in the league is athletic, but he Mm -hmm. is just the next level freak athlete. Yeah, he is. I know for the Cowboys, he started as a linebacker, but he's been so great. I know it's limited sample size. It's only been two weeks. Defensive end, edge rusher. Where do you see him playing going forward? It seems like he can uh, play a little bit of both. Where do they think they put him? 
I'm going to tell you, honestly, man, people have been debating about that. We've debated about it on our show. Uh, Isaiah Stanback, Super Bowl champion um, and former Dallas Cowboy, and I have gone back and forth about this, this idea of where he needs to be. I'm telling you, in the, in the National Football League, if you have a guy that can get to the quarterback, you have got to use him in that way. Yep. I, I, and, and, I, and what I did was I broke it down based off of pay scale in the league. Like you pay the quarterback what you pay him because he's going to touch the ball every every game and he can affect your offense and put points on the board. Same thing for your left tackle. You pay him because he's protecting the back of your quarterback. On defense, who do you pay? You pay your edge rushers and you pay your cornerbacks. Why do you play these guys? Because they impact the game. We saw in the first game the Cowboys could not get a sack. As a matter of fact, we didn't get a sack in – we didn't – well, I guess besides uh, Doris Armstrong hitting mm-hmm. Patrick, uh, Patrick Mahomes, Tom, uh, Tom Brady's arm, and I don't know how he held on to that thing. Um, <laughs> that was about all the pressure we could get. Now, going into the San, uh, the Los Angeles Chargers game, mm-hmm. we are able to get pressure, uh, generate sacks, and now in the game versus Philly, you see the impact of that. And so things that the question actually is answering itself through his actions on the field. And mm-hmm. I don't think there's any way that you let him, that he returns to linebacker. I think you put him at defensive end and you remember that when you start passing out contracts in his fifth year. And, <laughs> and I agree with you there because of another thing too. They were able to get a future linebacker in the later rounds in Jabril Cox that they could have gotten the third round, who I think can play that role. So you kind of have, yeah, I'm waiting for Vince to play it. Every time I say his name, he has a clip of me. Cox. There it is. Jabril. Oh, Um, there it is. So I I think they have, (laughs) they have a future star at linebacker. Okay. In Jabril Cox, where that can afford them to play Micah as an end too they have the the backup plans already built in i i like jabril cox um i got an opportunity to watch him in otas and obviously get some see him in in uh two days or well training camp uh, and even what i saw from him in uh the preseason i think you get a feel for rookies and you you say right away okay this guy needs to develop this mm-hmm. i cannot put my finger on what that is for him love that I, I can't. I, and it's not his strength. It's not his athleticism. It's not his ability to read or any of those things. I think coming into the draft, it was a question mark about his run support. Like, can he, is that a linebacker? Can he tackle? And I think that's like, that's a dumb question. You're a mm-hmm. linebacker. Of course you could tackle. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I think, it, especially in the situation that we're in right now, where, look, we need some coverage guys. I think Jabril Cox slowly but surely starts to make his way onto the field. And, and the, I think the other part about it is I think people get a kind, kind of short-sighted when they get through the first couple, like the quarter of the, the, of the NFL season, not realizing, man, the guys are going to go down. You're going to use all of your guys by the end of the season. So right now, I think while he's in the learning process, this is a really good thing for Jabril Cox. And so when we do see, actually see him in live action, he'll be able to do it live uh, in real time. I love that. I love that. All right. Question for me, player-wise. So besides the obvious, like Dak Prescott, who's been playing phenomenal this year, obviously, 
Give me one guy on the offensive side of the ball and one guy on the defensive side of the ball who is kind of playing above your expectations so far through three games. Oof. Um, Dalton Schultz. Love that. Yeah. Dalton Schultz. And I could easily say Tony Pollard, right? I could easily say Tony Pollard. Uh, I could say any one of the receivers. I could say CeeDee Lamb, but I don't think we're surprised by what CeeDee Lamb is doing. Exactly. Um, and, and I think with Tony Pollard, we've already seen what he can do uh, in previous years. Now he's just getting an opportunity, and there was more emphasis on seeing him in OTAs and training camp, and now he's just getting an opportunity to show exactly the special talent that he is. But Dalton Schultz is – dog, I, I – I mean, if you look around the league at the rest of the towns, the, the Kelsey's, the Kittles and guys like that, and I'm not putting him in that stratosphere. All I'm saying is with the way that these offenses are designed, when you have a tight end that can get yards after the catch or at least sit down in a zone, which Dalton Schultz has been able to do, man, I just think that that makes him special. And I'm not discounting Jarwin at all because I think coming back from his knee injury, he'll get there. But I think Dalton Schultz has been the biggest surprise as far as his mobility and catching the ball and yards after the catch. Um, He was driving Aiden crazy Monday night. Oh, man. (laughs) He's going to be driving a lot of people crazy because he's becoming a a big piece for us as far as a possession receiver. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, he's he's getting those chains – uh, to move him, but I'm, I'm thinking defensively, who is like who is a surprise man? And there's one for me that I, I think give me I'm one, give me one, man. Help me out here, J. Ron Curse. Damn it, I was just about to say that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, great. So you tell me why is he why is he that for you? Because seeing good safety play on this team makes me so happy, and I yeah. feel like he's been able to do so many different things. I didn't expect for him to do come come down in the box and play you know play the run he has much more range and better coverage skills than I expected coming out of the preseason that he's shown so far this year and he's just a big physical dude that I I just I don't know he's the type of player we haven't seen in a long time and you know this team always goes bargain shopping at safety right since Woodson basically maybe since Roy Williams um, and to be able to see the safety play, even KZ has been playing well. Hooker's had, had some plays wow. for this team, but I just feel like he is, he's just been a step ahead of all the other D backs so far, except for Trayvon Diggs, obviously. Right. And I think for curse it's his size. Mm-hmm. He, you know, his ability as look, I'm a, I'm a defensive guy. I played, I played linebacker in college, man. I, I'm, I'm all for the defense. So I'm used to a defense hunting an offense, all right? I'm not used to an offense hunting defense, mm-hmm. defenses, and that's where the NFL has changed to right now, right? Mm-hmm. Offenses are just going with all these empty backfields, five receivers spreading you out, and I think the thing that, that breaks up the run-pass option and the air raid offenses are big nickels like uh, Jerron Kurtz. Because what he can do is if you decide to come out with your quarterback out of the backfield, that's a 6'4", 200-pound guy punishing your quarterback as opposed to a 5'10", 180-pound, you know, corner. And Mm -hmm. so I think he makes the difference in that. Not that – and I think people – Donovan Wilson showed last year 
uh, that he can be physical, but I just don't think that he has the same presence in the pass in in the passing game. He doesn't have the instincts that Curse is showing. No, and it's it's so apparent when you see it live, and you're like, "Ooh, wow!" Like, "Mm, hadn't seen Mm -hmm. a guy do that before. Yeah, where'd that (laughs) come from? (laughs) Well, that's that's a different wrinkle right there, you know. So, no, I I completely agree with you. But the other guy that I'm going to go to is. And he didn't play last game, Keanu Neal. Mm-hmm. I think Neal, seriously, I believe Neal is having an impact on Micah Parsons. And I, I think it's, a, it's an impact from a study perspective. Like, it's, it's like having a guy come in and explain to you what the coach needs. Like, if you grew up with siblings, if you have an older sibling that can kind of explain to you what dad wants, you know, mm-hmm. like, this is how dad gets. If you do this, you may, you know, get on this good You'll be side. all right. You'll be all right, you know. And, and I think that he is that. But I think also he gives us a dimension at the linebacker position that we didn't have before, a guy that could play tough in the run and also play out in the flat. I don't think Neil is the – cover linebacker that people want to make him out to be that's mm-hmm. not his reputation so playing to his strong suits i think is being out in the flat playing against the run he and he is a big safety also he's just a safety player linebacker yeah and that and that's the funny part with everybody's like well how's he going to transition he's always been a safety in atlanta how's he going to transition a linebacker and then they basically were asking dan quinn about it and dan quinn's like he was a linebacker in atlanta a linebacker. first i just told him yeah. he was a yeah. safety because yeah. he wanted to be a safety <laughs> Yeah, right. So it's, on. And that's that's perfect for Micah too, because Neil knows what dad wants and Dan Quinn. He's been yeah. playing for him for how many years? So he can transition that language right to Micah. And I, I've loved what Dan Quinn has brought to that attacking style that we see getting the turnovers eight so far, which we never see in Dallas. I mean, it's it's I don't even know how this is the same defense that Mike Nolan ran last year for this team <laughs> well you know shout out to black to mike nolan man I, I i have a hard time you know throwing that dirt on him because i mean look uh-huh. he, coached, he coached in the COVID season and, he did. And, and, and 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 a lot of coaches don't get mulligans for the COVID season but man do you know how hard it is to try and coach oh. football I- and you can't see your guys and you can't talk to them you can't put your hands on them and that's not to say that Mike Nolan's system wasn't complicated. I thought it was complicated as all heck. I mean, guys were guys were thinking before the snap, getting blown off the ball, and thinking after the snap, after they got blown off the ball. So, mm-hmm. you know, the, you can't play defense that way. Uh, but, but that's everything that you talked about, about Dan Quinn, I think those are the things that you see that his impact immediately. I even said on the show today, like watching Dan Quinn in practice is like it's magic because he's working with the defensive line. And there are a lot of coaches that – don't not say that they don't understand that, but schematically you have to start everything with your guys up front. And if you're teaching a new different defense, you better sit down with the guys that make this thing go. And that's your defensive line. So true. All right. I got one more for you before we let you get out of here, unless Aiden okay. has one as well, but I know you have the, the 24 hour rule. I saw you, I saw you out there on the Twitter the other night talking about it. So yeah. Thank you for letting us gloat a little bit and still enjoy the Monday night win here on no, a Wednesday night. But let's let's move to Carolina. Um, what are your expectations in this game? Dallas is sitting as a four-and-a-half-point home favorite right now. Obviously, McCaffrey's not going to play. They're not going to see J.C. Horn, the first-round pick, who many thought Dallas was trying to move up to get. Um, he's yeah. out of this game. So what are your expectations on how the Panthers are going to play against Dallas and how Dallas is going to play against the Panthers? 
man, I'm actually torn. Uh, and, and the reason I'm torn is because I feel that this is a bit of a trap game uh, for, for the Cowboys. And it's a trap game because you look at the Carolina Panthers and you say, oh, Matt Rule, second-year coach, you know, 3-0. and They may not actually be a 3-0 and team because, look, they played, they played Houston who played with a, a quarterback they never played before. Uh, I, I think they, the, the other team that they played against, they had a first-year quarterback too. So, I mean, you're the number Jets. one def- defense based off of playing who? You know, mm-hmm. they beat they beat New Orleans. Now, I will say they beat New Orleans, but that's the same thing that I was telling you all about the, new, the NFC East. Teams in your division – Dog, you're going to get up for those games. And that's why yep. I'm not so – Aiden, that's why I'm not like, ah, we're going to run away with these, going to beat y'all down. I know you thought that's what I was going to say, but I'm not going to do that because, again, going back to Carolina, they see New Orleans. That's a division game. They know they got to get it. They get up for that game. And also, I was reading something, man, it was, it was crazy. Teams that – so Carolina's last game was on Thursday. Mm-hmm. We just yep. played on Monday. And I believe that the record since the Thursday night game was uh, put into inception that teams are 21 and 25 when playing on Monday night against teams that have played on Thursday. So that's that's something to note, because Mm -hmm. if you think about the days that teams have off, Carolina's been off. You know, they've had many by week. Yeah, they exactly. So when you come into AT&T Stadium, not only have you guys as a team got an opportunity to sit down, watch the team play live, study tendencies, things like that. I think with anything, no matter what, I just think it's going to be. I think the Carolina Panthers are are, are like that, like that pesky basketball team that doesn't have anybody that can dunk, but yep. they play full court defense the entire mm-hmm. game and. They play this weird offense that they and they can hit all the outside shots. That's the Carolina Panthers, right? They are that team that you know you're going to have to contend with from quarter one all the way to quarter four. So look, I, I just think that it's going to be it's going to be one of those kind of games. It's that uh, who is that March Madness team with uh, Sister Jean? They're them. They're you know what I mean? Oh, they, Loyola. They, yeah, Loyola. Loyola. Chicago. Yeah, yeah. That's who they, are. they, they run that the complex time. offense. Yeah. Yep, yep. And, and that's exactly. and, and that for me. And that for me is like I know there's so much parity in the NFL, and I'm not one of those people like you know we play Jacksonville. Oh, we're gonna beat Jacksonville down any given Sunday. Anybody can win, right? But I I also think that their quarterback he's seeking redemption in the situation that he's in. I don't believe in him. Um, I don't think he's very good, but I think the system that he is, he's in, is very good. Uh, Robbie Anderson, he's a deep threat. He takes the, the top off of your defense. DJ Moore is, man, like both of these guys are two. The, the Panthers have 2,000-yard receivers. Now, mm-hmm. where the rubber meets the road for them is replacing the production of Christian McCaffrey. So what do they do without that? You know, uh, I, I'm willing to see. Now, I, as far as our offense is concerned, our offense versus their defense, I, I think we're going to put up 30 points on them at home. I just, I do that's, that's what we do. <laughs> that's what we do is right. <laughs> Best offense in the league, I think, right now. Oh, hell yeah, hands down. I mean, Dak is Dak is cooking, and it's not even – for all the people like – and I listen – like you guys, I listen to people in the national media and the haters and all the people that say Dak is not a top-10 quarterback, what have you. Right now, what you're seeing is a guy that in between his ears 
it has clicked. And mm-hmm. it, even if you hate on the Cowboys, you got to recognize what Dak is doing from a from a player standpoint. He's very patient and poised in the pocket. He's making good decisions. Um, you know, it's it's not the train wreck that you see with a lot of other uh, NFL quarterbacks. Jalen Hurts. <laughs> but, 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 you know, you see him making the right decisions at all times. And, and I just feel like as the season progresses, he's in that, I mean, he's in that mode, man, where he has all these weapons and he's distributing the ball to everybody. It's, it's a beautiful thing to watch, bro. And I, I, I was listening to Michael Irvin talk about his injury, I think in his second year, mm-hmm. where something clicked during the injury too, where football became so much more to him because yeah. he saw what happened to him when it was taken away. And he kind of related that to Dak and how hard Dak has worked to come back and how it did click in his head, how much he really does want to be the best of the best yeah. in this game. And so the injury may have actually propelled Dak's career going forward. It, it may have. And I'm, I just, let me just say this quickly, man, is that if you see Dak, Dak looks like the heavyweight champion of the world, man. I'm telling mm-hmm. you, he is, he is huge. Uh, it's just a, he's just a big proportionally big person. You know, mm-hmm. I, you, you see, they have him listed as six, two, but he looks a lot bigger than that just because of how he's built. And so, you know, I think as the season progresses and as he goes along, I just think that that's going to carry him uh, to success. Where? I don't know. Obviously, we hope it's back to uh, SoFi Stadium. Right, get, get, Aiden, you add, like another, add another year <laughs> onto this one right here. There has not been a long enough window between when we won and then if you guys won this year. I need oh. at least another decade of you guys not making it until so I can feel comfortable. That's all I hear up here. We, we won't they, accommodate you. I don't even <laughs> our producer wasn't even alive the last time the Cowboys won a Super Bowl. So I mean oh, man, that's uh, it's that's that's we need to we need to add another another one right up here. Hey, what year. you got for me, man? What, what I know you got some you, you you've been sitting over there smiling, man. I know you got something you want to ask me. Get it off your chest, man, before you, before you go to bed. No, well, I guess to me, I'm looking at the Dak. I actually like Dak a lot. So I, I'm not one of those Eagles fans that will hate him. I do think he's a top 10 quarterback. Um, I think the conversation right now is he's a top five quarterback. I guess my last question will keep it Cowboys MVP chances. I think today he went to odds on favorite to win the MVP. It's only three games in, but is that a realistic possibility um, with some of the other quarterbacks in the league? They've been playing well. You got Stafford Mahomes will turn it around and then Mm -hmm. Tom Brady. But I mean, this could be Dak's year. You know, that's, that's tough. And MVP after three games, man. That's you talk yeah. about premature. You talk about premature. And like my wife says, anything premature can't be good. That is an all time quote. That is. That's pure as mother's milk. Yeah, that's up there with pure as mother's milk. You know, I, I think uh, I think he's playing lights out. Uh, I think comeback player of the year, obviously. Uh, Stafford is his dude. Stafford, Stafford right now is in an offense that's going to feature him and make him look mm-hmm. incredible. They don't have a running game, so he's going to have to throw it a lot. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think, you know, for Dak, for Dak to win MVP, man, he would have to seriously like ball out mm-hmm. for the like from now all the way to Christmas, like stupid numbers because. 
right now in the NFL, and I'm just saying this based off of where the passing numbers are going right now. If you look at the numbers, man, this is the all, and with it being 17 games this year, like teams are airing it out. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's a tough, that's a tough thing, but I think he's in the conversation. I just think he's a lot lower on the totem pole in that conversation right now. He still got a lot of work to do, but man, that would be, that would definitely be, be exciting. I think the Cowboys would have to win 14, 15 games for him to win it too. I like that too. And the like one that. thing that may hinder him, but it's actually a good thing is the fact that you've got two running backs averaging over five yards per carry on Monday night. If that's sustainable, then he doesn't have to throw it around as much as some of these other guys, which I love not good for his MVP chances, but great for the team. Mm-hmm. No, and, and that's exactly what you want. And it, for anybody that, like, there are people like, I, like, uh, just Aiden, I'll tell you straight up. Like, I don't like the Philadelphia Eagles, like, at all. <laughs> I, will, I will cross the grocery store line to tell somebody, boo Eagles in a Philadelphia Eagles. <laughs> yes! Uh, that's me, right? I'm that person. But back when the Eagles had McNabb and T.O., like, I had to give oh, it up and say... Yep. And say, oh, they, they just, that's too much. You They're know, like, that's too much. It, it, you know, and it, it gets to the point where even with the Cowboys, I'm waiting on those real, like, football fans to say, like, man, that's, that's too much for a mm-hmm. team. Like, if you come in, like, the Panthers right now, they're studying on what we do with our receivers. They have to know where mm-hmm. Amari Cooper is, where CeeDee Lamb is now, where Cedric Wilson is. But – we come in and we run the ball down their throat. And they've been preparing for this, you know, airing it out the same mm-hmm. way that the Eagles did. You cannot tell me that you guys were not prepared for Dak to throw the ball 58 times and he comes in and he throws the ball 26 times. Yep. Like, what? so right now, no one really knows who we are, what we're going to do. So that, like you said, if he does, if he's not, if he's discounted from the MVP race, it's going to be because... Zeke had 14, 1,500 yards, and that's a good problem for us. And that and that <laughs> offense is, is only going to get better because they're they're doing this in the run game with Terrence Steele out there who's been playing very well, but they're going to get Lyle Collins back. Biotish, who everybody forgets, it's only his second year, and he hasn't been playing. Yeah. And we still have Connor <laughs> McGovern there that I think is the wild card that if they need, he can play center, and apparently he can play fullback, which I love. Too. Yeah. So they're, the run game is only going to get better too. Now you got to use all your dogs, and uh, you know, offensive line wise, you're right. Uh, Terrence Steele is the biggest surprise for everybody because I mean, there are some sleepless nights just knowing that Terrence Steele was going to be out there versus Nick Bosa, and he survived. Not only did he survive the night, it was like the the purge. You know, is is he going to make it out of L.A.? And it's like, no, is he going to be Chaz Green again? Exactly, (laughs) is he going to be Chaz Green? And not only does he survive, he thrives. You know, Mm -hmm. and right now, I think I'm nervous about Biotis, but. I, I feel better about him knowing that Zach Martin is next to him. If, if we exactly. didn't have Zach Martin at guard, I think I wouldn't feel the same way. But I think there's a few things that you could cover up, man. Couldn't agree more. Man, this was fun. We got to have you back later in the season. But tell everybody right. before we get out of here where they can follow you on social media and, and how they can listen to you on Talking Cowboys as well. Man, and heck, heck, if they want to listen to lacrosse games too. Yeah, absolutely. Too. Absolutely. Well, Heckma underscore Harrison on Twitter. And, you know, talking Cowboys is my thing, man. I'm, I am the luckiest guy in the world to be able to talk to guys like y'all 
uh, talk to people everywhere. I'm telling y'all, there is nothing special about me other than I will talk to anybody about football. That is my superpower, dog. Anybody, uh, anywhere, anytime. Y'all keep the number. Email me, dog. Aiden, I got you. Anytime you need this smoke, I got a reservation <laughs> on Will Call waiting uh-huh. for you, my uh-huh. friend. All right, don't you ever forget that. We I gotta love get it. A, I love it. We got to get Isaiah on here, too. We were talking oh, about Kyle getting ready. him on, too. Y'all not ready. Y'all not ready. Not <laughs> y'all not ready, man. Yo, thank y'all so much, man. I really appreciate it, dog. And like I said, anytime. Seriously. Appreciate it. Go Cowboys, Boo Eagles. And uh, yeah, we'll be right talking on. to you down the line, man. Thank you. Boo, yep. Boo Eagles. Hey, it hasn't been a fun week for me, but I had a lot of fun talking to you. So I appreciate it. <laughs> All good, man. Pleasure to meet you guys later on. Aiden, an all-time interview, like you said. I mean, I just listening back right now, as that smiles on my face, and you have a smile on your face. The energy Heckma brings, the fun, the banter, everything, the knowledge, everything that he brings. I mean, again, I brought you another Cowboys personality, and what happened? You I, I don't like this. I have been Trojan horsed into liking all of these Cowboys people. They've come up, and now I've befriended all of them phenomenal interview i really appreciate him coming on uh it's the banter back and forth that you can appreciate because you know it's not toxic it's not over the top we're just having a good time i really appreciate him coming on and breaking it down knowledgeable but also a lot of fun just a normal guy talking football is my super howard superhero dog that i was about to say when we finished the interview the first thing we said to each other is that didn't even feel like an interview that felt like three guys at a bar talking about football, but just like in a, in a just great manner. I hate the Phillies so much. Oh my God. <laughs> I need Hecla back. We had so much positive energy and they're draining me of it right now. <laughs> and I feel like that that's the vision that you, me and Vince have for this show. Like that's, yes. That's our vision. That's what we want I was to about be. to say when we, when I literally from when we started this, I was like, this is what, this is the target market. This is what it should be. This is how it should feel. And that's exactly what, what uh, that interview was like. So that 100%. could not have been more perfect. Yep. So again, thank you to Heckman Harrison. Make sure you'll follow him on Twitter. He's a great follow on Twitter. And if you're a Cowboys fan, head over to DallasCowboys.com and check out Talking Cowboys with him, Kyle Yeomans, Isaiah Stanback, and Rob Phillips. It's a great, great show. And hey, listen to my call in. I think that was pretty good, too. All right. We're going to do a quick, very quick preview of our games moving forward. I'm not going to dive too much into it because Heckma kind of touched on the Panther game. I will let you go. Uh, Chiefs go to Philadelphia this week. I will be in attendance in that game. Can't wait. But I'll let you do the little breakdown. Yeah, so I think you broke it down for me. We play the Chiefs. So, yeah, that that's over. <laughs> We're, we're going to be one in three. I mean, it just the quicker you accept it, the quicker you can get over it. They are coming off a loss. They're one and two. I'd be shocked to see Kansas City come in and, and end up one and three. It's just not going to happen. They have more talent. They're a deeper team. Um, I think they actually do have some holes going forward, but it's not holes that the Eagles are going to exploit with five offensive linemen on the injury report. Mm-hmm. It's just not going to happen. No. Um, what I would like to see is, more organization, and I think we will see this. Yep. 
you can't look like you did on Monday night, which was beyond ill-prepared. You get an F in terms of just preparation and execution. Look better. Show some fight. I think this is one of those games where, um, you know those college games early in the season where the spread's like 28 points? Yep. And one of those teams just hangs around, hangs around, hangs around forever. Mm -hmm. And then if you only looked at the score, you'd be like, oh, they did what they were supposed to do. They handily beat this lesser opponent. But if you watch the game, the lesser opponent gave them a fight and a run for their money. Mm -hmm. I think that's what we see on Sunday between the Eagles and the Chiefs. I think they hang around. I think they show some fight. They have to after what they did on Monday night. But in the end, they're playing a generational talent at quarterback in, in Patrick Mahomes. The Chiefs just have more weapons on both sides of the ball. I think they'll win, but I think we can at least keep it close for a while. And I, I think you thank the football gods that this is a home game. Yeah, uh, yeah, especially after last week having that back-to-back. Um, you know, it's just – it is a home game, and and you get the welcome Andy Reid back who just had a medical scare, so – I think after he just uh, we haven't seen him since he won the Super Bowl. So it would be nice to finally just kind of make up kiss and make up with Andy Reid. Yep. Kiss him right on the mustache and say, thank you, man. You got your ring. We got our ring. Let's hug it out. No hard feelings. It worked out for everybody. Yep. Yep. I can't wait to be there. Uh, it'll it should be the the energy in the stadium should actually be fantastic. It's just one of those things like when Steph and LeBron come to town, you're like, must see. Yep. Absolute. Mahomes coming to town, Philadelphia, it'll be fired up. Uh, one last thing, and then we'll hop over to Panthers, Cowboys, because that should be a good game, too. I see a lot of people like worried about the schedule. And yes, they're going to be one and three, and they do play the Buccaneers coming up. Um, yeah, you're going to get your ass kicked by those teams. So is everybody else. It's just how the NFL is right now. Mm-hmm. If you're worried about the schedule, go like art and science there's a great art and science history here in the city of philadelphia but you are not mentally capable and prepared and have the will enough to root for philly sports because if if carolina and the las vegas raiders and the denver broncos strike fear in your heart you just aren't built for this if that strikes fear in your heart you are not prepared enjoy the art museum we don't need you, and you shouldn't be here because you can't handle it. Fair enough. Over to you. Speaking of Carolina, yeah, um, do so, we believe in them? Yes, we do, and I think we believed in them before others did because we both believe in Matt Roll. I do believe in Matt Roll. I also don't believe in the Jets, who are they playing, and the Texans, who are they yeah. playing. It's a game that you should win. Yes. The spread is minus four and a half. Panthers, Cowboys, you take it away. I know you and Heckman took it a little bit, but let's see. Yeah. So, and I was saying with my buddy, Matt Yost, who's, you know, Cowboys insider, that if the Cowboys are going to be for real this year, if they're going to do anything, they need to win all three of these games at home, which was the Eagles. They took care of step one, the Panthers, and then the Giants. Phase one. Phase one is done. Now we're on to phase two. So if this team, if this team is going to do anything, they need to sweep this home series, if you want to say, before they go to New England, which I also think is a winnable game this year. Um, but like Heckman said, I, I do believe this is somewhat of a little bit of a trap game too, because they're just coming off this, I don't want to say historic win, but 
unbelievable game where Dak returned and Jimmy Johnson was at halftime and they won 41-21 and the Diggs interception for the touchdown and they're flying high. And then in two weeks, they have the Giants who stink, but it's still a divisional opponent. So they're looking at them and the Panthers don't have Christian McCaffrey and JC Horns hurt. So are they overlooking them? So it is a little bit of a trap game that makes me a little bit worried. But at the same time, like you said, you're supposed to win this game. You're a better team. You have the offense. They don't have Christian McCaffrey. They are down probably their best corner. Go win the game at home. No excuses. Win the game, win the game, and win the game convincingly. I think they will do that. I think Micah is going to be a big part. Like you said, Sam Darnold hasn't seen a guy like like Micah or like Randy Gregory on the other side coming at him in his face yet this season. Um, they're 3-0, and but are they 3-0? and Exactly. Uh, thank you. And I do think the Cowboys cover that four and a half. And you, you talked about the offense. How about on defense? That defense now, it's going to be minus J.C. Horn. Yep. They've seen uh, the Texans backup quarterback in Davis Mills. They saw Zach Wilson in a, in a just truly inept New York Jets team. Uh, yeah, yeah, they play the Saints. So the best quarterback they've seen this season is Jameis Winston on the road when the Saints haven't been home for a month. Yep. So I, I do believe in that role. I do believe in the Panthers. They haven't had a test like this. And they're going to come back. The law of averages is going to even out for them. Agreed. Agreed. So I think Cowboys win. I think they they do cover. But I, I think it's going to be a sneakily close game until the fourth quarter. Maybe Dallas pulls away. So uh, unfortunately, I won't be able to be watching that game intently because I will be at the Philadelphia Eagles Chiefs game. But I will nice. be following on my phone. There you go. That's for sure. All right, let's get into our picks. We'll do our TikTok and we'll get out of here. Um, long episode, but we weren't able to do our recap, obviously, on Sunday because we played on Monday. So this was kind of a uh, double whammy of the show. Double, yeah, double dip with a great interview in, in the middle. So Amen. You can't complain about that. Yeah, so speaking of covering the spread, and we've talked about our picks, and we talked about Vigit, and we did our Thursday night preview, we've got a few more for you with odds crowd. I, I had my first loss last week. You did. It was actually the Panthers. I had the under. Mm-hmm. No, I had the over. I'm sorry. First primetime over not to hit, of course. Of course. So let's see if we can get back on track this week. Did you hit last week? I think I went one and one. Okay. Yep, me too. All I right. I think I've gone well, one and one every week, so I think I'm three and three total. I'm five and one now. Look at you, Which, whooping my butt. Yeah. But I was yeah, I, I was uh, nineteen and seven on Sunday on Viget, uh in NFL. There you go. All right, let's see what we can do on odds crowd. I've got two picks. You've got two picks. You ready to go? I am. All right. So I'll start here. Lions Bears on Sunday. I'm a believer in the Lions and the fact that they are going to at least try harder than everybody else. They're plus two and a half. I actually think they get their first win here this weekend. Uh, the Bears don't even know who's going to play quarterback this week. It seems to be up in the air. They've forgotten about Allen Robinson. He's he's not even in the top 100 fantasy receivers this year, if you can believe that. The, the Lions should have won last week, but they lost in the most Lions way that you could ever imagine. Before that kick went in, I said, if I know anything about this franchise's existence, this is going in in the most painful way possible. And that exceeded my expectations for how it did. But they've been in every game this year. The Chicago Bears are not a good offense. They got completely obliterated 
by the Cleveland Browns. I think the Lions get their first win. They are plus two and a half right now. I'll take the points. Same brain. Detroit plus two and a half. Nice. (laughs) As soon as I, Matt Nagy needs to be fired yesterday. Um, Bears fans don't care about anything else right now, except for Matt Nagy getting fired. As soon as he said that all three quarterbacks are possibility to start this week. If you have two quarterbacks, you have no quarterbacks. If you have three quarterbacks, you have absolutely no quarterbacks. So I do not have faith in this Bears team at all. I strangely have faith in this 0-3 Lions team. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like you said, they're playing hard. Jared Goff's been playing well. It's not, you know, he's not losing these games for them. Um, yeah, they're they are everything that Dan Campbell said they were going to be. They do not have enough talent or depth, but they do fight incredibly hard. I think the Bears are circling the drain, and I think the Lions are were around the drain for the past few years and are finally starting to come up for air. Agreed. So give me the points with Detroit as well. Perfect. Same brain. All right. We'll see if that continues. I have the Monday night game Chargers at home. SoFi Stadium, that palace, that eighth wonder of the world. They're playing the undefeated Las Vegas Raiders. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just can't fully buy into the Las Vegas Raiders, but I have fully bought into Justin Herbert. I have the Chargers minus three. I think they win. I think they could win by a touchdown. Kind of like that Thursday night football we saw a game that they played a year ago where Justin Herbert took over. Um, and I think they won that game in overtime by a touchdown. Mm-hmm. And it was chaotic, like every Raiders game. Uh, it should feel like a Raiders home game there in LA. But still, I think Herbert gets it done. I like it. I like that pick. I love Justin Herbert. Um, I am going to the game that I will be at. The Philadelphia Eagles host the Chiefs, and I'm going with the over. 54 and a half. Okay. I think this is a little selfish of me because I want a lot of points. I want to see Tyreek Hill streaking down the field, Mikel Harmon, Pringle. I want to see all the points. Is Josh uh, Gordon. Is Josh Gordon going to be playing? I don't know. I'd throw I, him out there. I would love so, and like you said, I think the Eagles also are going to put up some points in this game. I think they're going to sneakily stay around a little bit. So I think this this game has a very realistic, and I don't want to say easy chance, but should hit the over of 54 and a half. I do like that a lot because, like I said, I think they keep this close for a while, then the Chiefs pull away. Mm-hmm. And pulling away means scoring points. So I do like that a lot. And they don't like to ever cover tight ends. And Travis Kelsey may be the best one in the league. Oh, for God's sakes. I am just not mentally like doing well, <laughs> doing well. You I, I don't, I know I, I really do, but it's I the Phillies. I feel like I'm at a funeral. Uh, this is not, this is not going well. This is like seeing someone on their deathbed. Not going well. Not All good. right. No, no more baseball in baseball towns. <laughs> no hockey town. It, oh God. Oh my God. All right. Let's bring um, Vince in here. We'll get our TikTok going, and then we'll, we'll let you uh, let you slowly die a painful slowly death. die a painful death. All right, Hockey Town, Hockey Town. I guess I just I think I'm an art town. I think I'm just gonna appreciate art and just take nature strolls, look at birds. They still have the. Do they still have that giant like uh, heart that you can walk through with the Franklin Institute? Oh, I loved that in my fourth grade field trip. And you could like squeeze yeah. it to see if your hand could keep up with oh yeah. I might go I might just do a little field trip. Little uh I'm gonna get you field I'm gonna get you binoculars for Christmas so you can be a bird one of those bird watchers. You can have yeah. the binoculars hanging around your neck and you're just standing there. 
you know those people aren't they're just they hate they hate everything else they don't see birds they're just like look they're just they just want they don't want to be near other humans and it's excuse to be Isn't away bird watching people. how we got in the situation to begin with yeah yes good mm-hmm. point maybe i need a different hobby than that i'm gonna collect go. rocks <laughs> all right all right TikTok. TikTok tonight so we are doing what is the official title that we're calling it i believe that we are calling it top coaching performances of the year yeah so, so far, far through three games yeah or top coaches of the year so far yeah top coaches of the year so far all right top coaches of the year so far we all have three each normal pyramid are you guys ready i am prepared as Perfect. after you yawn after you get that yawn out and probably make us yawn all right, so uh, at 32, I have Joe Judge. 0-17 is still intact, just like I said it would be. He is a loser. It's a loser franchise. That's the reason they're 0-3. They played the Saints. It could be 0-4. So at 32, I have that loser, Joe Judge. He will be coaching high school in five years. At three, I have Urban Meyer. He's doing everything he can to make sure that he ends up at USC, which is where he wants to be. That is a match made in heaven. He will do numbers there. He will be a coach of the year at USC, but first he has to be a terrible coach at Jacksonville. Everything is going according to plan. Well, okay. Uh, three for me is John Gruden. Um, this Raiders team is 3-0, and outperforming almost everybody's expectations except maybe John Gruden and Mike Mayax. That's about it. Derek Carr, <laughs> I think, still leads the league in, in passing. They won a thriller in overtime last week. They had that huge win to open the stadium with fans on Monday night against the Ravens to start the season. They've just they've been on fire. I know I'm in agreement with you. I think they lose on Monday night uh, against the Chargers, but way, way, way out kicking my expectations so far this year. So three, John Groot. Uh Number three, I have David Culley, head coach of the Texans. Just God bless him, you know. <laughs> That's he took God bless him. He took the worst job, not even in football, not even in sports, in the United States. I don't know if there is a Mike Rowe should do an episode with this guy dirty of dirty jobs. jobs. I can't imagine a worse job in the world than being the head coach of the Texans right oh, now. And they're way overperforming expectations. The next okay. time they get smoked by thirty-five, can we do a Photoshop of? <laughs> Yes. It won't Jones. matter because they, yeah. they, they won one game. That's way past expectations for the whole year. They've exceeded expectations. Sure. Yeah, for sure. Their over-under was a they, – they, they passed their quota week one. Mm-hmm. There you go. Against name, Jacksonville. Name one, team, name one other team that, meet their, that met their quota week one. You can't do it. You can't. You really can't. All right. At two, I have Sean Payton. The, the Saints haven't been home. They've just been traveling. They've been a traveling circus caravan, but they're two and one. They absolutely walloped the Packers and Aaron Rodgers in week one. They went up to Foxborough, and everyone talks about Bill Belichick versus rookie QBs. Well, how about Sean Payton having similar stats? And he looked made Mac Jones look like a rookie, completely dominated them. Malcolm Jenkins pick six up in Foxborough. Where have I seen that before? Saints, they are keeping it together during some tough times. So at two, I have Sean Payton. Two for me, I have Cliff Kingsbury. One, the dude is handsome as hell, right? He looks in the mirror. He's just like, yep, mm-hmm, there it is again. He's got a really cool house. We all saw that during the draft. And he has one of the most electrifying teams in the league. Kyler Murray is a 
cartoon video game character, the things that he can do. He doesn't even look real on the field. DeAndre Hopkins is a cheat code. We all love him here. They're 3-0. and They're finding ways to win games, um, even though they had that ridiculous, what, 68-yard field goal attempt that was brought back for a touchdown. But I think Cliff Kingsbury specifically set that up specifically for Gus Johnson because he knew everybody wanted a Gus Johnson call on a real 109 return. So I think he actually was helping us out as well. So I have Cliff Kingsbury at two. At two, I have Sean McVay. Um, Jared Goff just looks meh. And he went, he went to the Super Bowl with him. Mm-hmm. And uh, Matt Stafford looks incredible, which is as we all expected. MVP odds still alive. As I said, we'll be, play, we'll be playing that back. That's yeah, we'll I got crushed right on TikTok. A few while back, saying that Stafford's been like a top ten quarterback for years. Like twelve year olds don't know anything. Give the guy a receiver. Look what he can do. Exactly. Uh, but yeah, Rams look incredible, like we all thought. So Sean McVay, number two. At one, I have my guy Matt Rule. They are three and zero, and I think part of the reason I am impressed is because he took a bunch of uh, misfit toys from the Jets and made them look competent, which. I guess it was the Jets after all. They are 3-0. Schedule hasn't been tough, but they have looked good. Um, for a team that you thought it might be another year rebuilding, maybe not. Maybe they're competing. 3-0. I have Matt Rule 1. one have you seen me, that I have... stat about uh, – real quick, have you seen that Adam Gase stat, of like how good people do after they leave Adam Gase? It's, it's hilarious. It's actually yes. remarkable. Yes. It's incredible. The dude all was right, in one... a room with Peyton Manning for one day. <laughs> Go ahead. Do you have any other, any other thoughts before Kevin goes? Would, or do you want to no. wait until he tries again? No, go ahead. So one, maybe, no, yes. Okay, one for me is Kellen Moore. We didn't say this had to be head coaches, did we? We just said coaches. So what he is doing with the Cowboys offense is phenomenal. I want him to be the next Dallas Cowboys head coach. He sort of is the Dallas Cowboys head coach, I think, because Mike McCarthy is just there. He's just a blob. So – what Kellen Moore has done with Dak Prescott with this offense. Um, he's just – and using both running backs strategically, I absolutely love everything that he's doing. So give me Kellen Moore, number one coach for three weeks. Number one Yankees for me. Yankees just broke my heart. They lost. There you go. Welcome. Vince. Number one, I have Joe Judge. <laughs> I pulled the 180 of Aiden. He did the hardest thing to do in professional sports, which is lose a one-possession game to the Falcons. Yeah. How, incredible. That's remarkable. It's, it's Blown statistically, away. Uh, over the past three years, it's been statistically hard to do against the Falcons, and he did it. Congrats did it. to Joe Judge. Tip of the cap, pal. Mm-hmm. Idiot. Ugh, I'm tired. I I am oh, I'm you're telling me two hours physically, mentally, emotionally. I am tired of sports just in general. Art. I I need Dame Lillard to request and demand a trade like in six need, hours, or, or I'm not art. gonna be okay. So art. all three of us have off tomorrow. It's gonna be sixty-eight and sunny. I think I let's have just have a nice day. You don't work. Don't don't act like you work. Yeah, yeah, you're going to drive around for three hours and go to the gym. That's not work. It's going to be beautiful out tomorrow. I think all three of us, let's just sports detox, take a break, have a nice day.
Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to watch Jaguars or uh, Bengals, so it's okay. Uh, I might watch to see some Jamar Chase, but. Me too. Me too. All right, that's all I got. Thank you, Heckma Harrison. Thank you, everybody, for listening, for watching. How about them fucking cowboys? And, uh, yeah, that's fun. Thank you to the Eagles. Thank you to the Phillies. Thank you to Ben Simmons. Every time I think it can't get lower and I can't feel less happiness, you guys somehow f- managed to find a way to make it even more depressing and more dark. You guys are the absolute worst. Thank you for absolutely nothing and making my life just a miserable walking hell. Thanks a lot. Philadelphia sports are like early 2000s like emo music. It's just what they are. Set like taking back Sunday. Mm-hmm. That's what they are. Yeah. And we'll see you this Sunday for the Chiefs. Chris Hansen here, and I'm going to need you all to take a seat right over there and check out Birds versus Boys. I think you're completely right here, and I hate it. Yeah. Stop doing dumb things. I got two phones. Upside alert. Upside alert. I might go insane. I think you're already there. There's no hope. Hope is gone. If this was an AFC North podcast, we'd be done in 15 minutes. Bob Hope. I'm going to drink bleach. Beat the team you promised me you were going to be this year. This is the Consciously Hopeful podcast. I'll be one.